I mean, I, I don't get a 401k. You get a 306k. It's just as good. Every other character is vanilla, except for the villains, because they're gay. You know, Thanos is a stack. An absolute unit. He doesn't need that Infinity Gauntlet, if you know what I mean. I'd sit on his face, you know. What do those, uh, what do those chin ruffles do, though, you know? They're just the worst. God. Hey everyone, and welcome to We Wrote the Book, the podcast where every episode, a bunch of theater nerds get together and try to write a brand new musical. I'm your host, Christian Adderholt, and I'm joined by my co-host, Olivia Wise. Hi! Hello. And we have our producer here, as always, William Solar. Hello. Hello. And today we have a very special guest. Wait, hold on, hold on. I thought I was the special guest. Um, well, you're the producer now. Because there was never anything special about you being the guest. So we got a real special guest this time. Uh, He heard us talking about Bar Rescue. And he's like, you know what? I think I can talk to you a little bit more about Bar Rescue. And he demanded to show up on the show. It is Devin Dorsey. Hey, Devin. Hey, hey. Thank you all so much for having me. I'm super excited to talk Bar Rescue. And I just want to clear the air real quick. Um, I know I'm the very special guest this episode. I don't want to get in between anyone's dynamics here you know i don't want to be more special than anybody so i just want to make sure want to put that out there oh Devin, you can't help being special we just recognize special when we see it exactly i feel like there's a bias there there's a little bit of unimportant okay no that that has nothing to do with it william i feel the same way so it has nothing to do with that you feel the same way about Devin. I mean, in comparison to you and Devin, then yes. Speaking of Devin, Devin, we have an opening for a third co-host. So um, if you're interested, this is kind of like your interview, just so you know. You know, I don't have a job right now. So I, you know, I'll kind of take anything I can get at this Good. point. Um, so We do have a 401k package. The market, we, we, we are competitive with the rest of the market. Uh, Great. Unlimited vacation days. And as an added bonus, you can just shit on William whenever. Oh, man, I don't know if I could find a better job. Yeah, it's like in Succession um, when Tom puts that intern in a cage or whatever. Or he said, excuse me, what what happened? He said on him. Yeah, it's like that. He he used him as a leg rest. Yeah, that's right. That's it. Classic, yeah. like, let's show opulence kind of ridiculousness of the rich. Use I was getting humanism. that SNL bit confused with Succession. It's basically the also, also, too, I, now that I'm going to interject part two, uh, me agreeing or validating that does not mean I'm a people pleaser, so that's why I'm doing this. Um, I don't <laughs> want to be on bad terms with William. I do not want to use him as a leg rest or shit on him for his character. I just think not that. Not yet. That's, that's the, you know, um, that's, that's good to hear, you know. Um, The episode is young. Let's just put it that way. Um, you know, once, once you get started and William starts a sentence, you, you really just want to tell him to stop. So just, just feel free to tell him to stop. Okay. 
All right, so this is kind of like a trial of the workplace thing. Okay. Exactly. It's workplace politics 101. Um you always have to have the you always have to have the person that um, you know, that gets that gets attacked. It's just how it goes. You know, it's um Yeah, once he gets into his his like third pun, you'll you'll be in agreement. Yes. You were here for one reason, well, not just one reason. You're fun to talk to and um, you know, we're looking for a third co-host, but one of the You're everything reasons- I'm not. Yes, yeah. you're everything he's yeah. not, um, and you haven't done used a pun yet, so you're already in the running uh, a- ahead of him. But Excellent. We we have made some disparaging remarks about Bar Rescue lately, mm. um, and we found out that Bar Rescue is uh, a particular favorite of yours. I'm not saying that like you've watched every episode or anything, but you really enjoy Bar Rescue. And that maybe we haven't been giving it a fair shake. So, Devin, I want you, in a few words, what is Bar Rescue and why do you think it exists? Why I think it exists? uh, Well, I think that Spike TV at the time needed some more programming to fill a certain (laughs) spot. Fair enough. Um, So, uh, Bar Rescue is a show, it's similar to Kitchen Nightmares, hosted by Gordon Ramsay for the the listener that maybe is unaware. Basically, it's hosted by John Taffer, who, from my knowledge, he's basically an entrepreneur in like the food, restaurant, hospitality world in Vegas, I believe. Okay. And his whole thing is he's from he's from New York City, so he's like real loud and verbose, and he uses that kind of um, in his hosting style. Basically, what he does is he get submissions of these bars across the u.s that aren't doing well like financially or they've got some like problems in the workplace or like the building's falling apart whatever big reason and he goes into these bars he scouts them out and basically the whole show is he helps the bar owner and the staff fix all of their problems by being better bartenders by being better customer support people by being better coworkers. And then he basically renovates the whole space, similar to like a TLC early 2000s, like trading spaces type of show. <laughs> That's a deep cut. My mom loved that show, so I'm throwing that in. Oh, trading um, spaces! Trading spaces was the best. That's I mean, that's another episode, but right up there quick. with Wife Swap. Yes. <laughs> Classic. Oh. Man, got a shout out to 2000s reality TV, <laughs> yeah, real right? Real quick, what was everybody's favorite um, early 2000s reality HGTV style show? Oh, that's a mm. great question. Mine I, um, uh-huh. was Extreme Home Makeover. Oh, we used yeah. to watch it every Sunday night with my parents. You know, there's the crying, but what I mean, there's like the, oh, touching sob story, all of that. What I was in it for was to see how they were going to turn... You know, this kid once said that he likes fire trucks, so now his room is a fire truck with a sliding pole that has um, lights on it and everything like that. And their electric bill, electricity bill is a, a trillion dollars and their taxes, you know, their property taxes are super high now. That was my favorite show. I like it. I think mm, mine nice. was um, the kids version of that. Maybe it's on Discovery or Nick or something where they just had teens make over other teens rooms. Oh, God, that sounds that sounds like a horror show. <laughs> it was pretty sick. I think it was, was it Trading Spaces Boys versus Girls? Is that, Probably. That can't be it. Is it? Probably. Who knows? 
maybe. No one could say. It's lost a time. I think that's it, yeah. Um, yeah, they decorated their rooms in themes relating to the other styles or hobbies. So I remember one where they just like hung someone's shitty cartoon drawings on their wall. <laughs> like oh, frame no. them or something. Um, yeah, that one was real fun. Okay. I'm I'm gonna have to go with um and I, I wouldn't say that I necessarily loved it in the moment, but I loved it after finding out how like the show was run with like Pimp My Ride. Oh god, <laughs> Pimp My Ride. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because you find out later, like after the show has ended, and like there were a couple lawsuits about stuff and everything like that. But they would like do all that pimp the ride, and then after the it that uh, cameras were turned off, they legitimately just took the car back apart and put it back to the way that it was. <laughs> okay. What? Did you like watch leaving the, the paint job, but one? like, Oh my God. It was just ridiculous. That's hilarious. Or my favorite part about that too, is they would often, they would fix the outside. They would not fix the, like if the car wasn't running right. They oh yeah. Shit about the motor. <laughs> they once delivered the car on like for the show. They delivered it on a, like a, a a truck bed because it would not drive. They put a speaker <laughs> in the back, but it could not be driven. Wow. Incredible. <laughs> Man. It, it, you know, like me personally, I've had so much car trouble in my life with bad cars that I would, that's, you could pimp my ride by like replacing the catalytic converter or getting <laughs> a new belt. That's how you could pimp my ride. Yeah. You know what I mean? Save me the few thousand. Pimp my ride, fix my air conditioning. That's all I need, and I'll be <laughs> shocked. Oh, amen to that. I was a big fan of the uh, American Chopper show. Oh, the, God, yes. The motorcycle oh, remake yeah. With the guy with the... What's that mustache called? Handlebar. Well, handlebar. it wasn't a hand... So, the handlebar is the one that, like, turns up at the ends with the wax. The one that he had... Yeah. There's an there's a racially insensitive name for it, but let's just call it the Hulk Hogan. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Remember when Hulk Hogan had a reality show? Oh God, Hogan yeah. knows best. Oh my God, that's a deep cut right there. Yeah, I, I remember a lot of reality TV. I just remember yeah, something about best. her about his son going to jail at one point. Wasn't his daughter yeah. like? Was his daughter like a Paris Hilton type or was yes. that? Yeah. yeah, Brittany Hogan. They were trying very, she had a, she, it was, it was Hogan knows best and that was Brittany knows best. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone, uh, Rock of Love slash Daisy of Love. Anyone? Oh God, those love yeah. shows ah. on MTV. Oh, oh God. Been, oh, Daisy of Love was so good because Daisy was a finalist from Rock of Love and then she had her own show similar to, I think it was a similar thing with like, I love New York um, where I think she was a finalist on uh, what was um, the guy from public enemy uh, flavor. <laughs> Flav 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 Flav. Flav. Yeah. With a giant yeah. clock. Yeah. He had that show uh, flavor of love. And then yeah. New York was a finalist. She had so Daisy from <laughs> Brett Michael's show was, had a similar parallel. It was just so bad. And <laughs> Like, All of those shows were like, what if we made The Bachelor even less classy? Oh, oh and there, yeah. there's so many like worse ones. Like there's the, um, there was the Joe Millionaire. Do you remember that oh, one? Oh God, where Sounds he, familiar. It, they it, think he's a millionaire. Yeah, they they tell all of them that they're like, and I think there's also one about Prince Harry, 
where they did the same thing mm, where they yeah. just got someone that vaguely looked like him and they were like all right we're gonna tell all of these women that this is prince harry we're gonna tell all these women that this guy's like a, a rich fuck <laughs> that must have really been like- not that must have been a early 2000s that like humiliation comedy because there mm-hmm. was for a very short time there was a American Idol style show where they instead of picking the best singers they chose the worst singers and then but the word the people didn't know they thought that they were doing like an American Idol style right the best singers win and so at the end they like the person who wins is the worst singer and then it's revealed to them that that was the whole bit. So they're on stage and they're like, oh, I'm terrible. It was awful. It's like, so fucked up. That seems to be a theme that they so really So fucked up. Off, like humiliation Does, reality. Yeah. What was that show with Tila Tequila? Uh, uh, her, her love show as well? Yeah, the uh, one where she's... That? Because Tila Tequila was potentially still is a, a, a bi individual. And the whole concept of the show is that there were both female and male contestants or, you know, men and women, male presenting, uh-huh. woman presenting. But a lot of the women... I think it was like a shot at love. Shot at love, yes, because then there was two <laughs> shots at love where there were two t- by twins that had to do it that were like the hosts. And um, it was a, it was messy because so many of, of the women that they uh, that went on the show were also by um so interesting they ended up sleeping with the male contestants as well that's okay i never watched that show but i remember i think the first time i ever heard tila tequila's name was looking at like celebrity myspace profiles Mm -hmm. (laughs) she was big on myspace i think and i don't know if that's also a buy indicator is that she was advertised to me a lot or that i specifically (laughs) remember tequila tequila from myspace Uh, (laughs) the the buy indicator is that you were looking up shigo fan art on myspace (laughs) okay well maybe i'm not buy i don't know what that is shigo from from, uh, kim possible oh right okay i'm there it was a big awakening for a lot of girls from, yeah, from what, from what yeah, memes tell it's me. It's like, I wasn't born by. I just watched Kim Possible, saw Shigo, and now I am. <laughs> this, this, is, oh, yeah. uh, this, is, this is still a non sequitur, but kind of going off of that, the indicators. Um, Vice, I mean, I know they're not like really journalists anymore, but there's a, an op-ed on Vice where this woman who I think she – uh, came out as gay or I think she is bi, but she wrote this list of female characters in movies that were like clear indicators. And one of them, and Shiga was a big one, but one of them was uh, in Pocahontas, her friends that's like trying to help her. Oh. Like she was like, Oh, this girl is clearly into Pocahontas. <laughs> and she just like breaks it down. And like, for me as um, a cishet uh, dude, I was just like, wow, this is, this is awesome. Like, it's just like, it's, <laughs> awesome in a way that like god i sound like i'm fetishizing like gay women no it's um it's just like wow i had no idea that you know this i mean it makes sense now that like i've grown up but like that coding like exists every i mean and of course it happens a lot in this in the straight people world but i mean it was just it was very fascinating to get that perspective if you were to just like break down a, a random episode of bar rescue like, if you were to say, here are the main plot points, what would they be? Plot points would be 
you know, intro, you know, here's the bar, here's the location, here's the owner's face, here are the people that work there, here's kind of some disgusting shots of, like, their ice machine, um, you know. <laughs> it's always the ice the- machine. Yeah, I've actually, I've, I kind of don't really want to fuck with ice anymore at restaurants. <laughs> Fair enough. I, you know, yeah. It's, if you um, think their ice machines are dirty, just imagine their soda machines, that old oh. like 10 year old syrup that's caked up on there oh you know? god yeah and i i worked fast food that's the only food service i did uh a long time ago and i mean that was a pr- fairly clean place like they had a pretty good standard but mm. um yeah so plot point is like intro uh here's john taffer he's you know he has hidden cameras so he can watch it from his like escalade <laughs> um the the bar and then the end of Act One is he storms in when something bad happens, and he says, "Shut it down!" And he uh, <laughs> and he just like yells. He has these big wide eyes. He yells at everybody, and that's usually the end of Act One. Going into Act Two, next morning, all the staff is there to get roasted by him. He shows up. Hey, your bar sucks because X, Y, and Z. What are y'all doing about it? Points out the problems. End of Act Two is usually like, uh, usually they go some trials and tribulations. John Taffer brings like professionals to talk about food or, you know, mixology. End of, you know, and then I'm getting all mixed up here. There's a lot going on. They do um, a, a stress test, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's a stress test. That's probably like the midpoint um, in screenwriting terms, point of no return, where they really they do a stress test where John Taffer basically brings extras that probably work in LA to come into the bar and like order a bunch of drinks, order a bunch of food, stress out the staff. And then um, that's a way to like kind of highlight where their operational issues are on the bar. And then at a point where things are going bad, John Taffer comes in. He's like, who got their drinks? People raise their hand. Who got their food? Okay, let's shut it down. So he shuts it down again. And then, Highlights the problems again. Third act is uh, they fix it. They maybe fire people. And then they open the bar again. And it's usually a happy... Oh, they open the bar again. Renovated. They do an extreme home makeover thing where there's a big reveal. uh, Where the people turn around. They see the new bar. And then they have like a final, you know, service period uh, in the third act. And everything's going well. Everything's hunky-dory. They talk to the customers. Yeah, this place used to be a roast shithole, but my drink actually has liquor in it. You know, stuff like that. <laughs> and um, they uh, they talk to the owner. And they're like, I am so happy for Bar Rescue coming and rescuing me. Thank you, John Taffer. And then John Taffer does this silly, like, he looks around, kind of puts his hands on his hips like Superman. And then he walks out. And then he looks at the bar with this big grin on his face. And then he leaves in his Escalade. And... Um, <laughs> Uh, that's kind of I don't know if those are really good plot points, but usually it is. Look at the bar. Here's how much of a shithole it is. John Taffer comes in, tells them their problems. Stress test. Let's teach these people how to work better. They uh, do the renovation and then they have the epilogue like, thank you, John Taffer. Our bar is awesome now. OK, how? Hell yeah. So I'm more familiar with um, Kitchen Nightmares. Mm hmm. How mm-hmm. often do the bar owners like actively rebel against John Taffer? Like how often do they <laughs> yell back at him and shit? Oh man. Well, it, it depends on the episode. I mean, it's 
it, that's the thing I kind of like about the show is um, sometimes they are very because the irony is like there's a couple episodes where the owner is like fuck this guy I want to keep my place but it's like dude you submitted yeah you know exactly. help to this dude like why are you like you just I don't know like it's it's very bizarre um, there yeah usually... they're like the people who um. There, there could be the hometown hero who tried to open a bar and yeah. it's just they don't know how to manage it, but they they really, really want to do like a good job. And then they're just like the shitheads who just drink away like they, they started losing money and then they don't want to put in the work to try to fix it. So then they just start yep. drinking at the bar until assholes and they're like, will not accept that they're the reason it's failing. OK, yeah. Well, a lot of the people who rebel against John Taffer can be bartenders or very rarely like the cooks, because, I mean, being a cook is such a hard job. And I mean, that would suck if some dude came in and told you, like, you're stinking up the place. Like, that would be really hard to take. Especially cook, like if I think. you're not the one that agreed to doing this shit. Like you're the, right. the owner of the bar was like, look, we need to fix some stuff. And you're just like, I whatever, man, I'm just here. Yeah, usually the people that do rebel, I think, are bartenders or servers that are probably, like, entitled to a degree, like, they're friends of the bar owners, like, they know they can't get fired. Mm -hmm. um, usually those are the fun ones to watch because it's, like, I mean, one, after watching the show, I realized, like, because I've lived in Austin for nine years, like, watching the show, I realized, like, shit, like, the bar scene in Austin, like, there's actually a really good standard to being a good bartender server in Austin. Like, yeah, like all, like I've been to a couple like bad bars, of course, who hasn't, but it's like not really anything in compared to like this show. And of course okay. that's part of the show too, is they want to show the worst of the worst. Yes. <laughs> exactly. You don't apply for it unless you're bad. So yeah. that, that actually, so now that we know a little bit more about bar rescue, let's try and make a, let's try and make a musical about bar rescue so obviously yeah. the, the there's a i think there's three things that we need to decide <laughs> one is it about um again could you remind me the host name again john taffer is it about john taffer which um <laughs> absolutely not Okay, so it's not about John Taffer. Absolutely so not. Off, absolutely not. Um, <laughs> John Taffer is like the god who comes in. I'm imagining after, John Taffer yeah, is, is like an opera singer, like this, I don't know, transient being. <laughs> I don't know. After after some of the shit he said during the pandemic, I'm like, nah. You oh. know, there's got to be something else. There's got to oh. be, you know. Well, also too, John Taffer, a uh, couple things about him. I think in 2016, I, I'm pretty sure he, he voted for Trump. Oh, he 100% I mean, he, he yeah. did. He talked yeah, about it, it on Fox News. Um, yeah. He, he yeah. like supported his economic policy, which I feel like in the Trump world is like the smarter route to give a reason why you support. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like. Yeah, it's. it's I understand the, what you're saying. So I think that he's probably like, oh, this guy's an entrepreneur like me. This guy wants to cut my tax rates i want that to make more money and for for people that are trying to i mean we know this for people that want to make money it's all about how to eliminate your tax percentage that's True. what it really comes down to i think um okay 
Or that's a big part of it. But so John Taffert, who I like to um, refer to as uh, good value Pendulette. You know, like Kirkland <laughs> brand Pendulette. Pendulette is the, oh, the, the magician, magician. <laughs> from Penn and Teller. Oh, <laughs> the big guy. Um, he he. Uh, this guy. This guy said something on. He the one of the dog shit things that he said, um, uh, over the pandemic was. Um, and it had to do with the stimulus checks because, of course, he's not going to be a fan of those, right? Um, but what he said was something along the lines of, um, you know, you need to keep uh, workers hungry like dogs. Like, the yeah. way you keep dogs obedient is by not feeding them. And that's what needs to happen for workers. They need to be hungry for it. And they're not going to work if they're not hungry for it interesting first yeah. of all that's not how you train dogs but okay um, <laughs> well well and also the the irony of yeah i read that too and i thought like that's fucked up but it, it's like the irony of it too is his show basically is a god complex like i'm here to save this bar to make it profitable to make it good but he only makes the bars he yup he yuppifies these bars where he'll turn a good dive bar that maybe just has a management problem into like these weird like West Six, which that's a deep reference for Austin listeners. Sorry, I lived there for nine years. Um, but <laughs> basically, he 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 yuppifies yup- them. Basically, his dream is every bar he turns into could be copied and pasted onto the Strip in Vegas or into Manhattan in New York or into like popping parts of LA. Like mm-hmm. he just has kind of a clear vision of this is what is trendy. This is what business research has show will make money. Fuck character. We're here to make money. So that's kind of, and that's the irony is he would say something like, Oh, these workers need to be hungry, but he's like bailing all these bars out. Like that's, I don't know. I find that ironic. So, so that, I mean, well, how many of these bars are successful after he leaves? Oh, that's, that's the fun thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what, what, one of the games I like to play in, you know, me and Olivia watch the, the episodes together. The, the thing that's fun is to, at the end of the episode, because they give the bar a new name during the makeover, is to Google search the bar, Google map the bar. Honestly, like 40% of them, like, make it. Maybe. Maybe it's it's similar to Kitchen Nightmares, where yeah. only like a third of them continue on. And the thing is, too, it could be the pandemic that have closed these bars down. It's hard to tell if the actual if it's hard to tell if like mis, the mismanagement part like goes back into play when Sean Taffer leaves, or the pandemic could have genuinely ruined bars that learned their lesson and like took John Taffer's like advice and investment basically um but it's not really a good percentage more of them fail after he leaves yeah so that 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 all of that kind of leads me to believe that either john taffert is just this kind of god-like figure like olivia was saying or he is actively the villain Um, I don't know if he could be I mean he could be like a Greek god where it's just like they're selfish they do things for themselves but they're also powerful beings so we make this like a Greek 
<laughs> so so we oh, I, I i think that there's a level of making this like a haunting <laughs> like you okay have elaborate to, yeah like he's essentially holding them hostage he will not let them leave like this, this the bar you're, is trying to, you're trying to exercise this fat-headed ghost from your oh, it's like a double bar. bar it's like a double bar rescue they have to be rescued from the bar rescue oh wait what if it's like uh, it's a haunting and john taffer is is coming back as a ghost <laughs> to uh to get onto them for how their bar failed after he fixed it and then we have flashbacks to like the store the the plot lines that led to them fixing the bar and now it's back to shit again or do or are we just making a musical of like a like a like a pulp revenge story where all of these bartenders are gonna are coming to uh murder this guy for ruining oh. their bars you know, I'll throw in a curveball here. I'm not very familiar with musicals, but I keep thinking of operas. Uh-huh. Like, what if, because what if it's like a classic, like Mozart opera, like Act One, Act Two. Act One is the bar rescue episode, sure. like kind of similar in format, but the second one is after he leaves. Like, it becomes the lights like, go off and it gets super fucking dark and shit. Yeah. Okay. And then, like, and maybe, maybe he comes back in, like, super like not supernatural but natural forms like hurricanes or tornadoes or he comes back as you know these like environmental disasters uh uh i don't know i keep thinking of mozart's the magic flute like the woman in like the sky i don't know why i feel like that could be him belting that out in like a baritone or a bass yeah i think we can do a very simple like a very simple something similar to that but a very simple plot device that you see in a lot of musicals and operas is deal with the devil. That sure. John uh-huh. Taffert is the devil. And the first half is like what you're talking about. He will fix everything. But at some point he comes oh. back to collect. We do a, like an I Into the Woods this. second act twist. Yes. Oh my God. This I, is amazing. I, I love this deal with the devil because like, yeah, like the show is like a lot of these bars in one very good episode of Bar Rescue. John Taffer went to this bar on East Six in Austin called the Brixton. Which it's still there, and I don't work for them, so this isn't free pub or anything. <laughs> um, but they, it was it was just like a vanilla episode where the owners, they were a couple, they you know listen to everything they said. I don't think there was any major pushback from the bartenders. It was just very like minor operational issues, and it was a good episode. But John Taffer renamed it something silly like the Rocket Man or the Rocket Pad. And he got this big, like, plastic-looking, like, Jetsons rocket on top of the roof. And it was like, and it did not, if you've ever been to East 6 in Austin, I mean, it's dirty hipsters, you know, like, in the early 2010s. I mean, now it's, it's still a little, it has a little more of, like, you know, you smoke weed on the street and you go see a show kind of vibe. Wear shoes that you don't care about. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, Yeah. It's an interesting part of the city, but that rocket concept did not work in this part of town. So the owners immediately removed it and called it the Brixton again, and it's still there. I think that could work really well. So let's, I think we were all in agreement to the deal with the devil thing. The first Uh act is them fixing up the bar. The second act is the bar collapsing from that deal. But what is our main thrust? What are we trying to 
what are we trying to teach with this musical? What is the what is the hope? We're trying to de- to completely defame John Taffer. <laughs> That's oh, the whole goal. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, not, not every uh, not everything needs a lesson, you know. Uh, sometimes uh, the world just uh, fucks you up. You well, know? I agree, but yeah. musicals typically need a lesson for the story structure to make sense. I think. Okay. Well, I would say I would. I have one. Of, okay. Oh, go ahead, Willem. I have no, one no, whenever no. you're done. No, no, no. Just cut him off all the time. You've already <laughs> yeah, okay. been over this. I, just cut him off. All right. I'm the special guest. I got exactly. it. Exactly. Okay. So now I remembered. So like with the Brixton, that could be an example of John Taffer comes back to collect his dues. Like, what's wrong with the Rocket Man? Like, I'm going to I'm going to wreak havoc or I'm going to cast a spell upon this bar now <laughs> to curse it. That could be a idea. But I do like the idea of. I don't know if you'd call it retribution or coming. Yeah. Coming back to pay your dues. And, um, uh, uh, yeah, with, um, God dang it. I already forgot again what so, I was going to say. It was going to be awesome. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. Well, it, it is this idea of the soul of the bar. I mean, we are telling a classic like devil, like deal with the devil story, which is the devil still needs to collect its soul. Oh, yeah. You still have to die. Oh, so, yeah. Oh. So, so the bar still has to die. Well, here's the lesson, maybe, is that maybe if you have a shitstorm brewing, you should let it run its course and get out when you can. You know, yeah. like, because the thing that the thing that's scary about the show, like, this is kind of real talk. Like, the scary part is some of these owners get into six figures worth of debt mm-hmm. just to keep it open. And I was thinking, like, well, what if you abandon ship? a lot of it is you, they will not make that money back unless they sell it to like Outback Steakhouse or a place that, you know, if they have a prime location and it's good property value, but it's one of those things like if they're in the hole, they're in the hole. And so it's not easy for them to abandon ship, but sometimes it's like, well, in John Taffer's case, if he's like an all powerful being the way he wants to be, uh <laughs> you know if they if they jump ship you know then they don't have to deal with him they can move on with their lives that's a good you know, point yeah the bartender like... oh oh go ahead go ahead oh i was just gonna say it's like the uh yeah be careful what you wish for it's like that story of the woman whose husband died and she wished she could have like one more night with him and then he comes back as a basically an undead zombie and so like <laughs> is that from scary <laughs> stories to tell in the dark i feel like it's a no, I think it's no. a classic thing. It could be scary stories. I don't know. Well, I feel like yeah. I read it in English class, though. Yeah, there, so, yeah. there are a lot of stories that are very similar along yeah. those lines, right? Because I think that's even like the um, whole part of the Philosopher's Stone story in Harry Potter, too, where like, oh, and I'm going to bring Harry back to life. and then Yeah, I mean, that's the concept of the Philosopher's out. Stone, which is before before um harry potter used it the philosopher's stone was uh, is like a story so sure that, yeah. so i i think i think we know where we want to go with this we know what story we want to tell it sounds like at the very end they lose i, I feel like that's more of i should have asked that not like what lesson did they learn but like what's the like do they win who's the hero here and it sounds like our heroes end up losing either way and they yeah. either have to close the That's... bar. Maybe they have to close the bar and. This ain't no damn Yankees. Exactly. Like there's not yeah. a way to outsmart this devil. 
you you know you we are we're ta- we are we aren't talking about capitalism right yes Just, you okay yeah. i was about to say you found a you found the lamp of a libertarian genie and this is what happens <laughs> um you know and I, <laughs> you know maybe it's a, maybe it's a gun i don't know Oh, is the libertarian genie instead of the lamp is it like a gun or uh, <laughs> like a money clip a money clip no something you like know, that I, I will say one important thing about the episode is each the owners and each of the bartenders or whatever every one of them has a sob story in it sure. and that's what I think makes it like really kind of like that, obviously, from a producing standpoint, that's what makes it compelling. Is these people aren't robots; they're not like pawns in this game. Like they have like real stakes um, in the bar. Yeah. Um, but the weird thing is, is they really try to hype these bartenders as like, oh, they they're attached to the bar, and it's like, no, like leave. You can get another <laughs> job. Like, get, yeah, the like, bartender turnover is we're, huge. We're making the like the capitalism like real capitalism version of get out basically <laughs> just, no just get out yeah, <laughs> like, I, I feel like i would say because from a production standpoint for this musical either one of the writers or one of the producers or maybe one of the consultants is like a longtime bartender that has dealt with horrible owners because i feel like the prime audience for this would be uh, service workers, in my opinion. Oh, Every yeah. night is um, industry night for this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Holy fuck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so if that, that actually talking about producers and everything kind of brings up an interesting question. Yeah. How much do mm-hmm. we want to address like the behind? So this isn't, so we're not saying that this is like a TV show. We are going oh. full supernatural with it. We're going full supernatural. Are dealing our pro- with the devil. Our producers are a Greek chorus, but like not they're they're very much these just shadowy individuals that are going to be singing. They're going to be very outside the story. They're going to say what's going on, and they're going to have their conversations between one another. And they're going to be conversations that are like, "Are we sure? Are you sure we should do this to this this family?" Think of the ratings, you know, like um, that's that's a really interesting. Yeah, point. that could be fun. Yeah. I, I do I because that's one thing too about reality TV is the producers their whole job is to egg on these people. I mean, you know, oh, it, yeah. Um, I was looking up a really weird. Uh, sorry to cut you off, but I was looking no, up a really weird like bar recipe thing because there's this one really strange event that happened when they got there's a lawsuit in which um, Taffer is. Um, uh, someone like hits on his wife and he gets like really mad at him. But then like the, the producers were apparently ordering him to like hit on and be offensive to women, including like texting him, like hit on Mrs. Taffer hardcore. Wow. Oh God. She took his last name, huh? <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't want to just go by like, Linda Smith. I I don't know if I would want to be Linda Taffert. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, his daughter is in the show sometimes as oh. like a consultant. She's apparently 
a brand ambassador for Jack Daniels whiskey. Oh yeah. That's another big part of the show is they, uh, they all hardcore, uh, uh, what's it called? Brand product 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 placement. placement? Okay. Yeah. And that's, yeah. Do we want that in the, the real question is how meta are, do we want to get with this? So I think our whole musical is sponsored by Jack Daniels. We we have a whole song. Just, we just give out rum and Cokes. Yeah. Like yes. That's what also, it, that's you, you with, with the entry you get a rum and coke. Uh-huh. Well, from oh a pro, God, from a production hilarious. from a production standpoint too, if you need financing, that's great financing too. You know, just yeah. easy product placement. And I mean Seinfeld had product placement, but the cool thing about Seinfeld, this is very off topic, is they would use in my opinion, I have a theory that they would use the product placement as a villain. So if you're familiar with the Junior Mint episode, oh, yeah. I mean it's good, oh, it's sure. good product it's good product placement for Junior Mints, but the <laughs> Junior Mints are an active part of the plot, an inanimate object that is the villain. <laughs> and, oh my god, that, he's he's in a bottle of Jack Daniels. He is an evil genie in a bottle of Jack Daniels. <laughs> you have to you have to rub it seven times and whisper. <laughs> Uh, no, you have to went, you have to shoot it with a gun. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, he's he's in a. Do we want to do? We could do. So we were gonna do this all in one episode, but it's looking pretty clear that this is about to be a two parter, which I'm very excited about. Um. So, do we want? So let's let's spend some time. These last like 10, 15 minutes we got. Let's spend some time outlining a little bit more outlining the show, like some of the big points that were like, they have to be in there. Obviously we're not going to decide at all. Cause this next step, cause the actual part where we create the show, we want some room to play, but first things first, do we is so with John Taffert. So the idea is that he's some sort of godlike being that you make a deal with, and then they have to come to collect and eventually our heroes, the ones running, the, the ones, the owners of the bar, they lose. They have to shut, they have to close up shop because they made a deal with somebody they shouldn't know. Sure. But mm-hmm. what is John Taffert? <laughs> whether, whether that be in the musical sense or in the real life sense, what is he's John a, Taffert? You he's know, a, he's a shuksa. Uh, he's, a, <laughs> <laughs> he's a Korean toilet ghost. Um, <laughs> oh my god uh, like do you we know, want him to be a devil like the devil in the black suit or a devil in a red dress even if you want I'm, I'm not I don't know he might be able to pull it off I'm not gonna make any assumptions let's make him a drag queen <laughs> <laughs> and, are, did you just say the drag queens are supernatural villains well, if is we're that... talking about like Ursula vibes, yeah, I mean, okay. or okay. is this a drag bar that he turns into a yuppie bar? Oh. Sure. Oh. sure. You know, I was gonna say maybe one theme could be like the overarching one interpretation yeah. that I'm getting from it could be about the er- like suburbanization of bars and you know like kind of eating spaces where maybe John Taffer's ulterior motive is to take basically expand the whole world into suburbs of las vegas or something like that where you know because that's if capitalism had no bounds i mean we see it now that's basically what it's doing 
um, sure. where, you know, it's just really inefficient, <laughs> horrible for the environment, horrible works, for resources. He works for Caesar. Like, Lost the Las Vegas from Caesar's Palace. The Caesar's yeah. Warlock. <laughs> oh or Zeus. God. Zeus lives in Las Vegas. <laughs> okay, I love that. I love I I think he needs Jupiter. an I want Jupiter. Song. If it's Caesar, it's gotta be Jupiter, right? It's gotta uh, be Jupiter, yeah. It's gotta be Jupiter. Oh my well, god. What if John Taffer yeah, what if he is just he's not like a god, or I, maybe this is what we've already said. He's just a man. <laughs> what, what if he? Yeah. What if he's basically like the carrier or the catalyst for something at large? Like he's not necessarily the devil, but is he is like a antichrist? Demon. Got it. Yeah. Like yeah, he just carries out the wishes of a greater evil that's yes. too <laughs> abstract for people to understand. I I love that. I love the idea that there is this greater evil and this greater evil is like Lord Money or something like that. We yeah. get real esoteric yeah. with this shit. <laughs> like, because yeah. normally, the listeners of the show know, I'm usually really against that. But that's because we only, usually, we only end up with like 30 minutes to make something. Right. No, this is great. I love the idea of it being, like the message being capitalism is like this shiny uh, uh, surface thing that when you actually look at it, you're like, oh shit, this is it's destroying short run, us. It's, it's short run versus long run. It's right. gilded. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. A lot of good stuff, huh? A lot so, of good stuff. What else are there any other like fun characters from Bar Rescue that you would like to see in this? Okay, I have one already. Okay. This one. Okay. He is the owner of a he had a really good episode. Olivia hates it or hates <laughs> him. Uh he she already knows. He is the owner of a bar in Chicago that's near Wrigley Field called the Dugout. And he had a very He's just a horrible person. His episode was pretty rowdy. Um, I, think, I think his name was like Ed or like oh, Jer. It was, it was some. It was like I think it, it was like Ned or something. But he he's just this like he comes drunk. He's not a bar owner. He's an owner of the building, but he's like really openly misogynist. Ugh. He's just he's been like uh, just a complete antagonist to John Taffer. He's just rude to his bartenders and to his customers i think he would be a good I, he could be a good uh character to show up or maybe i don't know he, he could be one of those people where he shows up and gets like mercilessly killed for the enjoyment <laughs> of the viewers so you're going like quentin tarantino-esque where it's like inglorious bastards like you see nazis get scalped you could go that route sure. Yeah. Um, well, I was thinking more like the Greek, yeah, the, the Greek tragedies. Like you see, there's this is the person that kind of sets up the stakes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But is there, so Olivia talked about some interior designer named Rick Vegas or something like that. Oh, his name was, what was it? Uh, no, this was the uh, bar... Oh, He's like one of the bar experts that comes in to teach oh, them. Oh, Vic Vega or Vic, Vic Vegas. Vic Vegas. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Because I thought his name was Dick Vegas, but it's Vic <laughs> Vegas. 
Dick I mean, Vegas. good good porn star name. We could name him Dick Vegas in the show, Dick, though. Legally dissimilar Dick Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> no, Dick Reno, you know. <laughs> uh, mm. Yeah, I think those are fun characters. The, the like, experts that come in. Um, they definitely need like a tap show where they're just like shaking uh, shakers and yes, stuff. a very. I, I'm thinking, and this is just. I think it's because it's the most recent form of this kind of like devil Greek tragedy musical, but uh, Hades Town. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or mm. do we want to do full on glitz and glam Vegas showgirls kind of? style because this is about like everything becoming a suburb of Vegas (laughs) um I mean uh, there's something really funny about like having that like um really strong singular sense of music but like what is the most Vegas thing about Vegas it's that none of it actually really fits together fair enough Hmm. right like you know carrot tops there like there's a point in which just like they just throw as much shit in there as possible. And like, like there's, right, there's just this like veneer, but then like they all have different themes, they all are going about that route. I think that there's something about going um almost super Andrew Lloyd Webber with it, where like songs are themed when they need to be themed. It's gonna sound like this, mm. it's gonna sound like that, and make it as wacky as possible. Like there's almost like yeah. a thing of like the opening song is like, do we do the bar down on its ruts or do we do it like everything's going to be great because this man is here, right? Like how, how uncomfortable and kitschy are we going to make it? Okay. Yeah. Here. That's I, huge I juxtaposition have, between the first act and the second act. I, I have one, a couple ideas here. Uh, cool. Act one could be, like just dark and abysmal like it's a dive bar and then the second act is glitz and glam you're on the vegas strip but that's when things get really bad like from the outside it looks perfect and cool but on the inside it's rotten um one thing i thought would be fun is whenever the reveal of the bar occurs like maybe at the end of act one maybe you could get like the classic like vegas like show dancers that have like the tutus and do the high kicks and they have like the flurry stuff and maybe it's like basically a circus like this is the presentation of the new bar like it's way <laughs> way over the top uh-huh um and well, i feel like that's yeah. a good lead in into the intermission when when we when we say way over the top though are we saying like way over the top like um entirely like too grand are we talking about where like where it's let's um, let's let's okay, put yeah, a, let's let's yeah, hold on right. that let's yeah. hold on that because i think this is i think we're starting to get into the actual musical of it all and i think we're 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 right there but um we need i, I think it's first. time to end the show uh mm, yeah. normally normally this is when we ask william for what song he's going to be writing for us but you know we don't have any music yet so William, you're off the hook, I guess. Sweet. Yeah, I um thank you all so much for listening. Thank you so much, Devin, uh, for you know, for coming on and talking with us. 
and yeah, you know for if you want to and for that next episode when we're writing the musical if if you want to come back on and join us and help us write it we would love to have you but is there any place that uh our fans could like follow you instagram twitter anything like that oh okay thanks for the plug um of course yeah i'm kind of i'm not super great at social media but if you like to kind of witness someone not be very good at it um my instagram which is my main um place is at dev dog and dog is spelled d-a-w-g-g um and then 3000 so it's at dev dog 3000 um and 3000 is three and then three zeros. Um, and uh, yeah, I think if, uh, well, actually, I think my stuff is on private. Uh, hmm. If I know you, please follow me. Uh, uh, yeah, that's, uh, I don't know. I just moved to, uh, that's probably the main place you can find okay. me. But if you follow me, I'll probably say, yeah, you know, even though it's private. But um, uh, yeah. Or you can Absolutely. see me at, at Mariano's, the grocery store or on the street. You know, who knows? <laughs> yeah who knows yeah he just moved to chicago so um nothing nothing yet uh but you know good stuff's coming so we're yeah excited. i do fre- i do frequent budaki's uh it's a, a, f- a hot dog stand down the street so okay maybe you'll find me there maybe, maybe you'll find him on our show uh, in a few episodes as a main uh co-host you know who knows um oh! what and we'll end there Thank you all so much for listening. Thank you for joining us on our second two-part episode. We're really excited to get uh, working on this Bar Rescue Greek tragedy musical that we kind of created here. Uh, If you like what you listened, if you like what you heard, give us a like on Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, wherever you listen to this podcast, please give us a like. If you can leave a review, please leave a review. That really, really helps us get discovered by other people. Or if you know you like it um, and you feel comfortable telling a friend about us, please tell them to give us a shot. Uh, you know, we would we love to, to, you know, have more people listen to us. We'd love to get bigger. Let me change that. No, we want to get bigger. We want to be stars. We want to be stars. And by that, we want to mean... join the capitalistic chain of yeah. podcasts and uh, just, uh, yeah. We want to be the Las Vegas of podcasts. What we mean by get bigger (laughs) is we want to get big enough that we have fans that interact with us because that's really all we're doing this for is to meet friends. Yeah, that's true. If you, you know, we post about once, maybe twice a week on Instagram. Olivia, what is our Instagram handle? At we wrote the book podcast. Thank you. Um, And, you know, if you want to follow us there, maybe make some suggestions on any of our posts or just say, you know, Hey, I like the show. We would love to hear from you. If you have any suggestions or maybe even music, anything you want to share, you can also send us an email at we wrote the book pod at gmail.com. If you send us music, anything like that, we will, and we put it on the show. We will make sure you get all of the credit. We would love to hear from you. Thank you so much for listening again. I have been Christian Adderholt. Bye. I'm Olivia. Bye. Bye.